Welcome to Art Talks. I'm your host, Richard Codd, and I want to thank you for joining us today. We will be discussing the night sky. I have two guests with me today. First one is Crystal White. She is the owner and operator of Moab Astronomy Tours, and Brian Hale from the Tom Till Galleries here in Moab, and he's a photographer. And we'll be talking all about how we capture the night sky and and why is it so mysterious to us. We had also hoped to have uh, Elise Park from Red Cliffs Lodge here today, but we have to reschedule that. So I'll let you know when um, that uh, will take place. So today, what we see when we look up, you know, I, I started thinking about this. Uh, I, you know, on my my Facebook feed, you s- constantly see these pictures, whether they're by Vincent Van Gogh, all the other artists who who have these paintings or in photographs ab- about the sky. You see the planets, um, and I thought, geez, you know, there's a story, and I've been out on uh, looking at the sky myself with binoculars. And I've gone on a couple astronomy tours, and I thought it would be great to have some of our local experts tell us just what we're looking at. So uh, first off, let me welcome uh, Crystal White to the show. And Crystal, maybe you can tell us as our resident expert on what's up there. What is it that attracts people like myself to, to look up there. What is it? What is it that we're imagining? I think the night sky gives us the opportunity to dream. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's one of those things when, you know, from the time you're young, you lay on your back when you're camping or when you're in your backyard and you look up and you see all those stars stretched out and the planets and the Milky Way running up across the sky. And it's just, it's something that's just captivating. And for the, you know, a large percentage of people in the U.S., I think it's like over 80% can't see the Milky Way from where they are. And uh, most people live in light-polluted cities. Mm-hmm. And so when they get out west to a place like Moab, they're just spellbound because they've never seen anything like it. Yeah, and, and talk about historical. I mean, we, there are references, of course, in the Bible, in old cave paintings about the night sky. So... I guess we've been looking up and wondering since we've been crawling around on the earth. And what, and, and Brian, you, you know, it's your job to capture this beauty. Mm-hmm. When you go out there with uh, your equipment, how do you go about taking that picture that has all the elements that, make it look wonderful. I think we see patterns in the night sky mm-hmm. that we don't see in the daylight. Mm-hmm. And so when we are doing still photography at night, we're capturing those patterns. We're capturing order. And that's human instinct to see order. And um, I think that's what I'm trying to do in the night landscape. Is it special equipment? Uh, you know, I can't I can't go out there with my phone. I mean, I've tried, and you, you know, with a big full right. moon, and you just got this white 
dot in the middle that shows nothing. Yeah, quite often you get to the night sky and you just see a dusty pattern in the sky or the stronger lights of the stars. And so we do a long exposure of about 20 seconds and that uh, accumulates the light in the still image. Uh, so you can print that. So, so the, each, each photograph that I'm probably looking at, one of your, one of your pictures in the gallery, that may have been exposed for something like that 20 seconds 20 seconds yeah hmm. crystal what are we looking at you know recently there's been so much um with the new james webb mm-hmm. it seems like every day they've they're discovering the new planets or new galaxies how is it that writers and others what maybe time you can both chirp in but yeah. how do we Put it's into words what we're sky. looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. mystery that's out there in that darkness. Yeah, I don't even know how to really ask <laughs> questions about this. Yeah, I just so I just, many mysteries out there. That's the beautiful thing about astronomy is that we're constantly learning. We're constantly uh, understanding, you know, and gaining deeper knowledge about our universe and how it works. It's a beautiful thing. It's a mystery that's unending so far. And I don't see an end anytime soon. I mean, we're going to put up another telescope that's even going to look farther back than James Webb soon. Oh, really? Yeah. Roman Space Telescope. You know, I, I wonder if we're going to have a telescope that looks so far, it, it, you know, you can see Homer Simpson saying something like, there's nothing beyond Nash. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know about that. As much as we, we look up and we see all these beautiful sights, others have looked up and aliens come from there there's there's that we don't know yeah much of what we're looking at right you know look at all the old sci-fi movies we we just had our our sci-fi festival all the bad things that could be coming from space yeah that it's always interesting to me that when we have like alien movies or alien sci-fi movies right the aliens are always bad. They're always attacking us and trying to kill us. And I'm like, eh, I don't think that's really going to be the case. You know, I don't, I don't think that's how it would go. Yeah. Well, I, I hope not. Right? Yeah. Right. Me too. Uh, but anyway, I, I was trying to think just how, how many songs are about the sky, the night. I think we're enraptured with the night. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The mystery, the wonder of the night sky. Yeah. yeah. So when you take clients out, Brian, what are they looking for when, when they're trying to... Many of our visitors here to Moab haven't seen such a dark sky as we have here. So they're, mm-hmm. they just want to get out and be instructed on what they're seeing. And the main interest for me being a photographer at night, landscape photographer, is the Milky Way. So uh, I try to compose shots that include two subjects, usually a landscape subject and then the Milky Way. So there's a, create a little balance in the image. When you take your photographs, are you zooming in on Most of the time we're using about 70% sky and 30% landscape in a night shot. So the focus is on the night shot and the night and 
using a wide angle lens, mm -hmm. more like a 17 millimeter, 14 millimeter, to really capture a wide view of the night sky. What's your most uh, popular image? I would say right now uh, was a very dark night last August um, on BLM land out near Dabinke Well, which is uh, close to Canyonlands, but uh, uh, about a hundred-year-old uh, windmill there that photographed beautiful at night. Hmm. Hmm. Very dark there. And Crystal, when 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 you lead your tours, do people? ask to see things like maybe that do they ask about the zodiac i'm, I'm just curious Absolutely, yeah. like what like what are they asking you yeah most people that come out on our tours have pretty general knowledge um so basic knowledge of the night sky not always mm -hmm. sometimes we get astrophysicists that come out with us which <laughs> those nights get really fun real I fast bet, i bet <laughs> um but yeah, so they they just want to see the stars. They want to they want to look at constellations, like you're saying. This, so the zodiac is part of the constellations, right? That go through the ecliptic line, that imaginary right. line that the sun, moon, and stars, or planets, sorry, cross through, and cross the sky. And when you when you get out there, that's that's what they want to see. They want to and they want to see things that they've never seen before. Like here, we this time of year, if it's not cloudy at night you can see zodiacal light mm. coming up from that western horizon which is mm. gorgeous and that's a really neat story behind it you know you've got particles of dust and ice out in our solar plane in our uh, galaxy's plane and no sorry it's in our solar system's plane and that gas and dust is getting lit up by the sun that has set over an hour ago it should be dark on that horizon and it's not because mm. the the sunlight is hitting those particles of dust. You know, um, I was in uh, Mexico for a couple of weeks, and the sunset out on the Pacific, and they talk about this green blip. Oh yeah, that, I've seen that. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but I never saw it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and pe people are sitting next to me, and they're like, "There it is." The green flash. That green flash. I've only seen it through a telescope. <laughs> but it's real. It is real, it yeah. Is real. You can't see it. Okay. The, the other thing that fascinates me, too, about the night sky and, and what it means to us is the astronomical lines that, we, that have been created around the Earth where people time certain events today being the spring equinox mm -hmm. but exactly right. which occurred i guess or is about to occur this morning but those kinds of representations that oh, have yeah. been carved mm -hmm. are you familiar with those have you seen those yeah in fact three years ago uh, i did hike in to hell roaring canyon there's a spring equinox marker there which is a pictograph a very ancient pictograph Ooh. about eight thousand years old which a shadow crosses this pictograph only at the spring equinox. So uh, they certainly used astronomy for thousands of years. They detected the patterns. They knew that each year the shadow was gonna reappear, which meant everything was okay. Continuation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Years passed and other years 
to look forward to. Yeah, this is ancient knowledge. I mean, yeah. Ancient yeah. Knowledge. you talk to the Diné people here, you know, there's a time for reflecting on stories and then there's a time to stop. And that's based off of where the const specific constellations are in the night sky. So it, it's, it's a deeply held knowledge and, and horizontal markers are key to that knowledge, you know, knowing where uh, solar maximum and solar minimum are going to be mm -hmm. on that horizon. Again, that's the kind of stuff that I find so interesting that we've been looking up at the night sky and how we capture it. You mm -hmm. do it with photographs. You do it with equipment that you have and, and how others have done it. So what are some of the mistakes, Brian, that people who, who are going out there and they say, oh, I want to try to capture um, Balanced Rock and, and, mm -hmm. and this beautiful bunch of stars I see behind it. What, what are some of the mistakes that we make? Um, trying to use artificial lighting on the landscapes uh, is very difficult, I would say. And some people bring just a flashlight, say, and they think they're going to light that rock as well as get the stars and you really need to use the correct lighting equipment um, and certainly we don't use those lights in the parks but we can use them on BLM land and so that can create some mystery in an image also by giving it a little bit of LED light underneath an arch say to give it some mystery you know it's a nice artistic touch. Hmm and uh, Crystal when you lead tours can people take photographs when they're with you do they have equipment or is or is that a little bit too yeah, tough do you do astrophotography? yeah um, we have a guide that will but we separate them just because you know camera lcd screens can be quite bright and oh, yeah. at night when you're looking through a telescope and you're trying to see faint nebulas and faint galaxies the last thing you want is blue white light in your eyes because it'll take you about 15 to 20 minutes to readapt. Okay. Yeah. So then that's a that's a pretty specialized field um, or or area of of photography then would be astro. Well, he, that's what he does. Yeah. yeah, I'm photographing more of a balance of the landscape yeah. and the sky whereas Crystal is is magnifying into the deep space objects, nebulas, yeah. galaxies. And certainly people can see in the Milky Way, uh, the heart of the Milky Way, which is the Dark Horse Nebula. Mm -hmm. And that's nearly visible naked eye, but in a, in a long exposure photograph, it's certainly visible. Hmm. So I think that's what people want in both landscape and astrophotography is to capture those deep space objects or to see them. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think for me, we're, we're just time travelers. We're mm -hmm. just traveling back in time to see things as they were however long ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you just joined us and you're getting a little lost in some of the, the <laughs> time-space uh, continuum here, this is Art Talks on KZMU, and we are located at 90.1 and 106.7 on the FM dial. We're also on kzmu.org. We're talking with Crystal White from Moab Astronomy Tours and Brian Hale from uh, Tom Till Galleries here in Moab. And the topic is the beauty of the night sky it, it, and how, 
how we try to capture it, its mystery and awe. And um, we, we've been talking about photographing it and what we're looking at and, and how it hasn't just been us in the last 50 years since uh, the atomic bomb, but people have been looking up there for thousands of years, imagining and interpreting what they're looking at. So other questions that, that maybe come up when you're with guests, when, when you have uh, maybe somebody who's, again, Brian, you had talked about people from bigger city, bigger urban areas, they come out and, and they have never seen the kind of skies that, that we have. Right. So how do you try to direct them and in, in help them? Well, and, and this goes for any of the landscape photography here, is knowing your directions here in Moab, north, south, east, and west, and knowing that the light's going to begin in the east in the early morning and set in the west, and then knowledge of where that object you want to see at the certain type of time of year, where that is. So right now the Milky Way's coming up in the east, comes up about 4.30 over the mountains, the LaSalle mountain range. And I try to teach people that primary thing, that basic thing to know your directions here in Moab and then follow the stars at night and you'll see uh, some amazing sights. In, you know, one of the things that professional photographers like yourself can do, how many times I'm on vacation and you see this wonderful vista in front of you, and you jump out of the car with your phone, and you run up and you go, man, this is just glorious. And, and you take the picture, and you go home, and you're like, <laughs> it was much bigger than that. It was much more impressive. You know? So that happens to me, uh, taking pictures here of uh, you know, you know, an arch. I, I don't know how you do something on the larger scale than this involving the night sky. I don't know how you put all that together, but it's pretty amazing. Well, some of it was something that I think we talked about the last time I was here on your show, and that's pre-visualization, something <laughs> that other great photographers have, have done in the past, and certainly Ansel Adams was started that. And that's to go out and scout the image prior to going out at night so that it makes it easy to go out in the dark with your equipment. Um, and so that's what we do. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, Crystal, on, your, on, on some of your tours, mm -hmm. are there any geared, specifically geared to a topic now? Like come, Absolutely. Yeah, what, what, what yeah. do you got coming up? I was just thinking while he was explaining his <laughs> that we're just kind of like the word version of what you do. You do it with photographs. We do it with words. Yeah. And so, you know, we pick objects that are currently in the night sky and try to figure out a common theme of like what's happening in the night sky right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, you can weave a storyline. Mm hmm into the night sky. And then I always try to bring it back to Moab. So for example, um, you know, you can talk about the life and death of stars, or you can talk about exploration through space and then bring it back to this area too. You know, I mean, it's Hanksville. They were testing the rovers, which is not that far from here. Right. Right. And, 
you know, it just depends on like what's up there, what's available to get people to think about things. I mean, sometimes when all the planets are up, we even get into conversations of climate change because, you know, we can talk about it. We can talk right. about like what could happen. You know, can we terraform Mars? Can we, you know, what's going to happen with Earth? And so it's, it's a fun conversation to get into just mm -hmm. all the different ways that you can take it. Hmm. Are there any special events? events coming up any any uh, conjunction conjunctions or is that the right word yeah well what what do we alignments. got yeah. alignments yeah so what what's exciting for me that's coming up is one of it's during the daytime and that's mm -hmm. the solar eclipse that's coming in october will we see that year. yes yeah, we will. yeah you'll have over 90 percent in moab but if you just go a little bit south you'll have the entire ring of fire oh um, oh and because we're approaching solar maximum right now, people are seeing the auroras this low on when big mm -hmm. um, coronal mass ejections are coming off the sun. Oh, really? Yeah, people yeah. have recorded auroras in Colorado. Northern a, Colorado. A friend of mine recorded Utah. them from the Henry mm -hmm. Mountains. Really? Yeah. So it's as the sun gets more active, we're going to see a lot more of this, and it's going to be a lot lower. So you just got to watch for when those big ejections come off. So if you hear it in the news right. and you've wanted to see it this low, this is a good time to go check. Huh, okay. And but is there a certain time of, of night or evening or morning that you want to to look for the yeah, aurora? It's, it's about the same time you'd want to go out for a meteor shower, so like 4 a.m., you know, and, and it's not the best time for people to want to get up and go out and <laughs> look for stuff, but it is the best time to do it yeah Ooh. what time was that the meteor shower uh well you just want to go out and usually look at them it depends on the moon too right if the moon rises that can change things but usually uh around 4 a.m I, I have to shift my mind a little bit sometimes when you, you were just talking about it, getting up to look at something at a particular hour <laughs> and you know there was some event there's always an event in the sky yeah. There's some event that would not be recurring for another 22,000 years, but, <laughs> yeah. but I had to get up at like, you know, 319 or whatever. And it was like, I'll catch it the next time. <laughs> yeah, con the comet Neowise was one of those situations, right? You had to get up at like 4 a.m. Yeah. to go see it. But if you didn't go see it, you'll never get the chance. Uh, I, I get that. Yeah. So. They're saying another comet. Is coming possibly next October, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Luckily, been here in Moab to see and photograph three different comets in my lifetime, so mm. I feel like, gosh, I'm good fortunate. Yeah, yeah, good for <laughs> you. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today again to talk about the night sky. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, the sky is not cooperating <laughs> tonight. In, tonight, well, it's you can't <laughs> even see uh, a mile right now. But uh, and Crystal, thank you so much for for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. Uh, thank you, Richard. It's a, it yeah. was a good discussion. Thank you and so much. If, again, if you're interested, it's Crystal White and it's Moab Astronomy Tours. And, and how do they get hold of that? Uh, info at MoabAstronomyTours.com. Okay. And Brian, if people wanted to get in touch with you to talk about your, I'm a, your I'm photography. I'm with Tom Till here at 
Tom Till Tours. Okay. Uh, they can call the Tom Till Gallery here in Moab. Also, have a website, uh, brianhalephotography.com. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate taking the time. You can hear Art Talks on the airwaves at KZMU every third Monday of the month at 4 p.m.